Welcome to the Turley Talk Sports Podcast. On this podcast, we will be talking about daily sports news. We'll have interviews with athletes, coaches, and media members. We got predictions, power rankings, previews, and all things sports. I'm your host, Jackson Turley, and thank you for tuning in. On today's show, we will have NFL Week 10 power rankings, NBA trade talk, a little NBA draft recap, and a lot more. So let's get into it. Uh, Let's start off with the NFL power ranking. So how this is going to work is that I'll give you my 12 best NFL teams, give you some teams who just missed and kind of why I ranked them where I did. So let's start off with teams who just missed. I got the Seahawks, Browns, and Titans coming in at number spots 13, 14, and 15. Um, I mean, the Browns and Titans, the Browns haven't really beat anybody this year. They've had some tough losses. Haven't really impressed, super inconsistent quarterback play out of Baker Mayfield. I mean, I just can't trust that team to put him in my top 12 yet. The Titans just had a bad loss to the Colts. They have been a little inconsistent this year. Six and three, still in the hunt for sure. But for right now, they're outside my rankings. And then the Seahawks, I have them at the number 13, which is tough because I mean, they're one of the best teams in the league, in my opinion, in the potential but right now it's they're just not playing well they've lost their last three of four their defense looks awful and Russell Wilson is just not playing to that MVP caliber as he was earlier in the season the thing with the Seahawks is that they have to have Russell Wilson play perfect in order for them to win because of how bad that defense is and earlier in the season he was and that's why they had they started off with that 5-0 and record but as of late, they just have not been playing well. Russ has 10 interceptions on the year, which, I mean, isn't awful, but up to his standards, he's not been playing well. They've only beat one team with a record better than 500 this year, so for that reason, I've got the Seahawks in my number 13 spot. Unlucky number 13. So now we'll go up to number 12. I got the Colts. They're 6-3 and three this year. They just had a nice win against the AFC South divisional rival in the Titans. And they've beaten the Titans, Bears, and Vikings, which isn't a very strong resume, which is part of the reason why I have them down to number 12. They've lost to the Ravens, Jaguars, and Browns, which are, I mean, the Jaguars only have one win this year. And the fact that it was against the Colts is a little, little, um, unfortunate for the Colts because that's a little embarrassing if I'm being honest but despite that the Colts do are the number one defense in yards per game in the league I believe they're a top five defense in the league they got some young studs playing on the defensive side of the ball and then you flip it to the offensive side and they've got seven receivers with 200 plus yards which shows that Phillip Rivers is spreading the love a little bit, but one thing I think the Colts need to do to really get that offense going is get T.Y. Hill more, T.Y. Hilton more involved in that offense. His numbers this year have been down. I mean, I think he's, there was discussions of him being a top receiver in the league just a few years ago, and now the fact that he's only averaging about, what would that be, 40 yards a game, if that, I mean, it's just sad. They need to get him more involved for sure. 
So, moving up to my number 11 spot, I got the Las Vegas Raiders. Six and three. They've won three straight. They've the only team to beat the Chiefs so far this year. They got that rematch on Sunday. It's going to be really, really fun to watch. Um, they've got also a win against the Saints. So they've beat two of the top three teams in the league right now, in my opinion. Uh, they do have losses against the Bills, Bucks, and Patriots, which... The Patriots one hurts a little bit, but other than that, I, those are three good losses. I think that the Raiders are the most underrated team in the league right now. I haven't heard any media presence talking about them. Derek Carr's has quietly been playing a really, really good year. Not quite to that MVP caliber he was playing back in 2016, but he has been playing really well. Josh Jacobs, I think, is one of the most underrated backs in the league. He's been playing just so good. I think he's a tough, hard-nosed runner coming out of Alabama. I mean, what about Alabama being at, running back you at this point? They've just put out such good NFL running back talent. I think for this reason, I mean, the, the Raiders have the ability to beat anybody in the league, as they've shown by beating the Chiefs and the Saints, but they also have the ability to lose to anybody, which scares me a little bit. But, I mean, they're trending upwards, and that's why I got the Raiders in my number 10 spot, or 11 spot. My, we'll switch it up, go up to number 10, and I got the Los Angeles Rams. They're 6-3, and three, they're 2-2 two and two in their last four games. Just beat the Seahawks. They've done the NFC East sweep, which, I mean, that division right now is just awful. So, I mean, I'd assume, I'd hope that the Rams could sweep that. But having that be four out of their six wins. Um, the Rams have lost to the Bills, Dolphins, and 49ers. Credit three good defenses in those three teams. This offense scares me a little bit with Jared Goff at the helm. Jared Goff has been a really great quarterback when there's no pressure on him, when the pass, the other team's pass rush hasn't gotten there. But it's shown that when they do get pressure, that Jared Goff struggles. And I think the secret's out. I don't know. I don't trust this offense, but this defense is legit, and that's what keeps them in games. They're top five in almost every major category. Um, they got some big games coming up. It'll be fun to see how the Rams play out. Um, yeah, Aaron Donald. That's all I got to say. We'll go up to number nine spot, and we got the Baltimore Ravens. Hate talking about the Ravens. I know uh, I'm a big Steelers fan. Might be a little biased against the Ravens, but I mean, the Ravens are still a legit threat. Even though they just dropped a tough one on Sunday Night Football against the Patriots. I mean, there are weird conditions, really rainy, Sunday night football in Foxborough. Uh, I don't remember the last time someone went into Foxborough on Sunday night football and beat the Patriots. Tom's obviously gone, but still Bill Belichick up there. It's just an upset, and if anyone gets a win there. This Ravens offense has four legit rushing attacks with Lamar Jackson, Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins, and Mark Ingram which is a gift and a curse in a way because I think NFL defenses are starting to realize that that's all their offense is. It's just different packages running the ball. And I think that Lamar needs to step up and the Ravens need to get Lamar better weapons. 
they need to have their weapons step up rather to really make a run in this postseason. They're a little one-dimensional on offense, but I mean the defense is playing well. Uh, Patrick Queen out of LSU, linebacker, he's an absolute stud. He's been playing out of his mind, probably front runner. There's a there's been a really good rookie class this last draft, but I think Patrick Queen is one of the favorites for rookie defensive player of the year. So. They got reason for optimism. They're three games back, the Steelers tied with the Browns, so they really got to step it up. They got a game this week and then Thanksgiving matchup with the Steelers, so that'll be an interesting test for them. All right, moving on up to our rankings. We have the eight, number eight team in my rankings, and we have the Miami Dolphins. Definitely been the biggest climbers the past couple weeks. I mean, they've won five straight games. Tua Tagaviola. It's Tua time down in Miami. They've won three straight games with Tua as the starter. They're 3-0 and with Tua, as I just said. They no interceptions by Tua this year. He hasn't been electric in his starts as maybe Lamar Jackson was his first year, Patrick Mahomes, but he's just not turning the ball over, putting the Dolphins in position to win. That defense is really, really good. They're only allowing 18 points per game. They're tied for a division lead with a win. I mean, this defense has really been keeping them in games, and two has been doing what's necessary for them to win, not turning the ball over, putting this offense in good spots. So Dolphins are hot. I'm going to keep riding with them. For now, they're at my number eight spot. Number seven, we go up to Buffalo across the AFC East rivalry between the Dolphins and the Bills. I mean, who would have thought the Dolphins and the Bills are going to be the top two teams in the AFC East this year? But, I mean, the Bills are playing well. They've won three of their last four. They had that heartbreaking loss on the DeAndre Hopkins, Hale Murray. I mean, what a catch that was. We'll get to that in a little bit, but wow. But the Bills, they're 7-3, and three, won three of their last four. They've lost to the Titans, Cardinals, and Chiefs, which are three good losses in my if you ask me, in my opinion. I mean, a couple of six and three teams in the team with only one loss. Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs is a serious threat for the best duo in the league right now. I mean, people forget about the Cardinals game, but Josh Allen threw an absolute dime to Stefan Diggs in the corner to what everyone thought was the game-winning touchdown with about 30 seconds left. But, I mean, Stephon Diggs is leading the receive, leading the league in receiving yards and uh, receptions. Josh Allen's leading the league in passing yards. This out offense is playing really well. But despite all these unbelievable offensive stats, they're still getting outscored in points per game for the season. I mean, they're putting up two less points per game than they're allowing on defense, which is, I mean, it's intriguing. I don't know if it really means anything, but it's definitely an interesting stat for us sports junkies out there. So, yeah, the Bills got them up there. We'll move up to number six with, as I was talking about earlier, Hale Murray. We got the Cardinals at number six. They've won four out of their last five games. Their only loss in the, that span was against the Dolphins, which is pretty interesting if you ask me. The Dolphins have beaten some good teams recently with the Rams, Cardinals, and 49ers, the NFC West. 
But anyways, the Cardinals are playing well right now. Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, talk about a hot duo right now. They're about as hot as they come. That connection is unreal. They've scored, this offense has scored 30 plus in six straight games, which, I mean, if you have to tell your defense that all you have to do is hold the other team to four touchdowns and we're going to win you the game, that's a great gig for any NFL defense. Um, the Cardinals, despite that unbelievable Ravens rushing attack, the Cardinals are still leading the NFL in rushing per game. And at this point, they've beaten the Seahawks. They have another matchup with the Seahawks Thursday night. That's going to be an interesting one up in Seattle. 12th man's going to be gone. Kyler Murray's going to have time to operate. That's going to be an interesting game to see. But the Cardinals hold their own fate right now. I know it's early in the season. We're only a little over halfway through. But the Cardinals hold their own fate. It'll be interesting to see. They have two games with the Rams later in the year. That'll really determine the division. But I think Kyler Murray has emerged as one of the MVP candidates. Like, if not the MVP as of right now. So for that reason, I got the Cardinals in at number six. And now we'll go into our top five. Coming in at number five, I got the Buccaneers. I mean, they've won four out of their last five. We'll just, hopefully all Buccaneer fans have already forgot about that ugly, ugly loss to the Saints on Sunday Night Football. 38-3, to that was just bad. But other than that, they've won four out of their last five. They put up, I think, 45 points, I want to say, on that Carolina Panthers D, which isn't a great D, but they're not bad. I mean, they're middle of the pack, I'd say, 16th or 17th defense in the league they ran that new two tight end package and I think that looked that looked really really well for the Buccaneers they've had a couple of bad weird losses like they've lost to the Saints twice in that weird Thursday night loss to the Bears but other than that they've been pretty steady all year Tom Brady is still one of the best quarterbacks in the league despite what anybody says He's still top five in yards, and he's got his weapons. I think by the time the playoffs come, the Buccaneers are going to be a lot of people's Super Bowl picks. But yeah, they got some big games coming up. It'll be interesting to see how they go through these next couple weeks. And yeah, seven and three in Tom We Trust. And that's why I got the Bucks at number five. So number four, we got the Packers. And they're seven and two. They've lost to the Buccaneers, which we were just talking about, and the Vikings at Lambeau, which that was just a real weird, weird game. No one ever beats the Packers in Lambeau, especially the Vikings, but they dropped that one, but they still look good. They've got wins over the Saints, 49ers, and got their um win against the Vikings too to get that season split. Um Devontae Adams right now is the best receiver in the National Football League. This year, his numbers have just been absolutely incredible. He's seventh in the NFL in yards. He's sixth in receptions. He's tied first in receiving touchdowns. And this is all with missing two games earlier in the year and leaving another one early. So this Aaron Rodgers-Devontae Adams connection is... I mean, there's just a lot of great NFL quarterback, wide receiver duos in the league this year. But Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams have to be close to the top in any one of those lists. 
everyone talks about how Aaron Rodgers and the Packers didn't make any moves at the deadline. There's talks about Will Fuller and potentially, and they didn't get any draft picks, didn't help Rodgers out with any receivers. But, I mean, if you're going off the numbers now, it looks like Devontae Adams is all Aaron Rodgers needs to get that offense going. And for that reason, I got the Packers at number four. Coming in at number three, we got the Saints, seven and two. They've won six straight. I know Drew Brees just went down. I think it officially came in. He has five broken ribs and a collapsed lung, which prayers up to Drew Brees. I hope he gets back in time for the playoffs, speedy recovery. But it's Jameis Winston time down in New Orleans. I mean, it's kind of like deja vu from last year. Drew Brees goes down with the hand injury, and Teddy Bridgewater has to step in, take his place. They run the table with Teddy Bridgewater, go 5-0, and and Drew Brees comes back to lead him to the playoffs. I think if this is Jameis Winston's time to shine. If he can get in that mindset where all he has to do is not turn the ball over and hit his checkdowns and hit his receivers when they need to be hit and not try to do too much then Jameis Winston as a free agent next year could be seeing one of the bigger contracts that we've seen in the NFL he could get that Cam Newton type deal which obviously Cam didn't get a lot but he got that second chance and I think Jameis Winston could see himself as a starting quarterback next year if he performs well now and he has the tools to do it Michael Thomas is back Emmanuel Sanders is playing Alvin Kamara's just been playing on fire. He'd be my pick for MVP if we're going outside of quarterbacks. He's got 11 touchdowns, leading rusher, and he's the Saints' leading rusher and receiver this year, and he's just been playing really, really well. Um, Their defense is getting progressively better throughout the year. It seems like they've really been coming together, and the Saints control their own destiny in that division. They've beaten the Bucs twice. And they've beaten the 49ers too, which obviously isn't a division opponent, but still a good win. Their only losses are to the Raiders and Packers in weeks one and three, I believe. And those are two good losses. I mean, they haven't, the Raiders, obviously, that's one they'd like to win, but that's still a six and three team. And the Packers are a seven and two team. And that's the reason they're ahead of the Packers in my rankings. So, yeah, Saints, it's Winston time. Let's see how it goes. Coming in at number two, you got Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs, and the number one offense in the NFL. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is quietly, I don't know if it's quietly, but he's definitely, in a way, been underrated this year because that's just the Patrick Mahomes standard at this point. He's got 25 touchdowns, one interception. His two biggest targets, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, have a combined 1,400 yards, 16 touchdowns. Their offense is putting up 409 yards per game. You got a really good back in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, rookie out of LSU. I mean, this offense is just unreal. The defense, it will be interesting to see how they go up against the Raiders. The Raiders torched them for 40 points earlier in the season, causing that first loss and only loss on the Chiefs' resume. But, I mean, the Chiefs are legit. Everyone knows that. Everyone knows that Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. If you disagree, take it up with me. Shoot me a text because Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. They've won four straight. Chiefs are on fire. Got a good test with Oakland this week. It'll be interesting to see next week where they're ranked. 
And that brings us to our number one team in the NFL, the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers. Man, that feels good to say. 9-0, 30 points per game on offense. Defense is only allowing 17 points per game. Defense is first in sacks, second in turnover differential. TJ Watt is my defensive player of the year. I don't care what you Browns, Miles Garrett fans have to say, Aaron Donald, Rams fans, maybe even Khalil Mack Bears fans, but TJ Watt, rather, is my defensive player of the year. Big Ben is my, uh, not my MVP, but he should be in the MVP conversation. Doesn't practice all week against the for the, preparing for the Bengals, and he comes out and throws 300 yards, four touchdowns, looks good as ever. This is a team that only had eight wins out of all of last year. They had an eight and eight record, and this year they've already beat that win total from the year before. This Steelers team, everyone talks about how they haven't played anybody and they haven't had a real test yet, but they've beaten the the Ravens in Baltimore. They went to Tennessee and beat the Titans. They've beaten the Browns, a couple of all three six and three teams. I mean that they've beaten more teams with five hundred or better records than the Chiefs have. They've beaten more five hundred or better teams than the Saints have. They've beaten more five hundred better teams than I mean the Packers have. I mean they've been beating good teams and all you can do is play the teams or that are ahead of you on your schedule they got the Jags this week Mike Tomlin said the respect for that one and eight Jaguars team is out of this world because in the NFL anybody can beat anybody except for maybe the Jets I don't know if they're getting a win this year but the Jaguars played the Packers close last week I think it was 20-24 something like that in that range for that score so they're definitely not a team to be taken lightly despite their record. And I mean, this Steelers team shouldn't have a problem with them, but they're legit. They've got five receivers with 200 plus yards and three touchdowns this year. They look good. And it'll be interesting to see if they can run the table. I don't think they will because they still got some good teams. They've got the Ravens on Thanksgiving. They've got the Colts still they have to play. They got some other good teams on the schedule, but I mean, this is a team that could definitely win the Super Bowl this year. And for that reason, undefeated, number one team in my power rankings this week are the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, well, we'll have to see how the games go this week, and we'll get back to you guys next week on my week 11 power rankings. This was my week 10. And yeah, we'll get into our next segment. We'll talk some NBA, and let's get into it. NBA offseason. What is funner than the rumors and all the drama that comes with the NBA offseason? I mean, in my opinion, I think the NBA postseason is the funnest, then the offseason, then the regular season because of all this drama and all the NBA players wanting out and wanting in and all this rejected money. Not to mention James Harden, $103 million two-year extension turned down, no deal. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, this is one of the funner off seasons than we've had in a while. One of the more interesting or potential to be interesting, in my opinion. I've got the draft playing behind me. We're on pick number 13. The Pelicans pick is in. We'll see how that goes. But for now, let's talk some trade talks. 
I think we have to start with James Harden, the beard. We have to. I mean, to turn down a $103 million two-year extension, I mean, think about that. That's $51.5 million a year to play 72 games. And obviously, their season doesn't start and end just based off of the 72 games. Like, they, they're working 24-7, taking care of their bodies and everything. But, I mean, $51.5 million over one year. We did the math on that. That's almost $700,000 per game to be James Harden. Don't have to shave your beard. Go sauce up some defenders. Put up 30 points a game. You're getting $700,000 to put up 10 to 15 threes a game. And you turn it down. All to get to Brooklyn. I mean, James Harden... The secret's out. He wants to be with the Nets. He wants to team up with KD. They think they can run the East. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see if that deal does go through. It'll be interesting to see the dynamic between KD, James Harden, and Kyrie, if Kyrie's still there and not a part of the deal. But those are three of the best ISO players. Like, if you had a one-on-one NBA tournament, I would take those three as bottom three or three of the bottom four in the tournament. I mean, they're the real deal iso ball but it'll be interesting to see how those three big superstar personality play types all will mesh together if it does happen i mean the rockets have came out and said they're willing to get uncomfortable and keep harden in camp and to try to work this out because if you're the rockets that's your guy he's been your guy ever since he's been traded from that Really good Oklahoma City team. You've been working to build around his play type. You got PJ Tucker and company helping out with the shooting. To you had um, blanking on his name, but the big center Clint Capella to help James Harden with that pick and roll. I know that always killed the Jazz in the playoffs. That pick and roll, they can never defend it. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the Rockets deal with this and. If, if James Harden does get dealt, because if he does, this is going to be one of the bigger stories. But as I said, the Rockets are willing to keep him and Westbrook in camp. And speaking of Russell Westbrook, by the way, seems like he wants out of Houston too. I mean, what is going on down in Houston? What is blowing up down there? And why does James Harden and Russell Westbrook want out? I would understand if one of them would want out because of like the clash between Westbrook and Harden of their play styles. But the fact that both of them want out, that's really interesting to me. And I think that Westbrook, I mean, he's a great player, but in reality, who wants Russell Westbrook on their team? I mean, the two teams that have came out as the front runners have been the Hornets and the Knicks. I mean, those are two teams with the number three and eight pick, two of the worst records in the East this year. Which I could see Russell Westbrook going there, being the guy, and averaging his triple-double or whatever he does, and dragging the Hornets or the Knicks maybe to a 7 or 8 seed, but I don't see them doing anything in the playoffs with that. I mean, Russell Westbrook, I don't believe, can be the best player on a championship-winning team. I saw another deal, according to Shams ESPN, that there's a deal that's in the air talking about John Wall, Russell Westbrook centered trade. 
and the at first I was like, okay, two really fast explosive point guards get swapped. That kind of makes sense. Maybe jo- uh, Bradley Beal. They've decided Bradley Beal's their guy, and they want to get John Wall out of there. But I mean, if you're the Rockets, I think you expect more return than just straight up trade from John Wall and Russell Westbrook. John Wall's coming off an injury. He didn't play all of last year. You don't know how he's going to recover. I think even John Wall at his best isn't as good as Russell Westbrook, but maybe that play type would fit the Rockets. I think if the Rockets do what the Thunder did and follow Sam Presti's model down in Oklahoma City, this ticking time bomb in Houston could really turn out to be a really good thing. I mean, look at Oklahoma City. They're stacked with picks for the next four or five years. And they have a bunch of young talent. They have Kelly Oubre, Shai Gilgis-Alexander. They just made a trade with Dennis Schroeder to send him to Los Angeles to get another pick. And they got Danny Green alongside. And then they just dealt Danny Green to philadelphia for al horford and more picks so they just turned dennis schroeder into al horford and about three more first or second round picks which that sounds really good if you're that young thunder team right now i mean catch them being back-to-back nba championships 2024 2025 because they're gonna be stacked with young talent so with that more trade rumors that have been going by as I said, the Dennis Schroeder, Los Angeles trade, and the Danny Green then being dealt to 76ers. We talked about that. Um, Robert Covington was dealt to Houston, or to the Trailblazers. They get Robert Covington for Trevor Ariza and the number 16 pick in the draft and a 2021 protected first. The Rockets are actually on the clock behind me right now, getting ready to make their selection. And I think that's a good deal for the Trailblazers. I mean, they definitely need help up there. They need to get Damian Lillard some help. Um, That'll be interesting to see. They're going to be fighting for a playoff spot. I think in Dame we trust, he could be an MVP next year, but it'll be interesting to see. It's good that they got him some help. The Bucks getting Drew Holiday for... I mean, which seemed like a big, big haul. Basically, the Pelicans got their same return as they got for dealing Anthony Davis pick-wise. They got three first-rounders from the Bucks, two pick swaps. And tagging along with that, they get a veteran George Hill and a veteran point guard Eric Bledsoe, which could help with Lonzo Ball's development and their other young players they have around there. My guy Frank Jackson down in... New Orleans get the good another good role model. But yeah, I think it's a good trade for the Bucks. I think the Bucks still have to worry about perimeter shooting. They have Chris Middleton, but he's never incredibly consistent. He's has his ups and downs. They have Brooke Lopez, who's a good five center, but I think they need that another score. And that's where the Bogdan Bogdanovich trade made a lot of sense for the Bucks, but it looks like that's not gonna go through is Bogdan has um, almost denied. He says he wants to go into free agency Friday as it was supposed to be a sign-and-trade deal. So it doesn't look like that's going to be going through. That's going to be interesting to watch that situation all go through. And if you're Dante DiVincenzo DiVincenzo out of um, Milwaukee, what does that say to you? You're a 
second year player coming out with the Bucks, and they're they've already made the trade and then it ends up not going through so how's that gonna affect that chemistry maybe they'll trade them elsewhere now because of that but yeah that deal does not look like it's going to be going through it'll be interesting to see how that works out another big trade that's happened in the nba the big chris paul trade the suns get a veteran point guard in chris paul who really really good leader as you can tell i mean he carried that um Oklahoma City team to a fifth seed I believe it was and they he looked really good I think the supporting cast that he's getting down in Phoenix is going to be better than the squad that he just took to the playoffs in the Thunder I mean they get Devin Booker the young scorer always needed some help everyone's saying get him out of Phoenix but he's gonna now gets his help with Chris Paul um, they've already been in the gym working together. I've seen some videos on social media about that. Um, Chris Paul also um, is going to help. That's going to be interesting to see that pick and roll game between him and DeAndre Ayton to see DeAndre Ayton's potential go up. The Thunder in return got a 2022 first round pick, a Ricky Rubio, Kelly Oubre, who I think that Kelly Oubre, Shy Gilgis Alexander. Da- Daniel Gillinari or whatever the heck his name is that's gonna be a really cool young core and that's a good young core for the Thunder alongside all their picks that they're racking up a couple other guys involved in the trade J- Jalen LeCue and Ty Jerome sharpshooter out of Virginia national champion so that'll be interesting to see how that all works out for both teams I think I don't think there's a winner or a loser in a lot of these trades. I think they're just trades that work out good for both teams. So, yeah, that's a lot of the trade talk that's been going down. Um, I'm sure there will be more to come with all these players and uh, this the dramatic life of the NBA offseason. It's fun to follow for us fans. I think if you're a Jazz fan from Utah, you're looking at a relatively quiet offseason. I think they need to re-sign Jordan Clarkson. Really good 15-plus points per game threat off the bench. I think they need to re-sign him. It'll be interesting to see how the Clippers, what they'll do. looks like Rondo's out of the Lakers organization with that Dennis Schroeder pickup, so it'll be interesting to see where Rondo goes. Um, big part of that NBA championship. Some news around the NBA. Clay Thompson, unfortunately, has gone down with a injury. Looks like to his right leg, which isn't the the left ACL or Achilles that he tore. But it will require testing. Prayers up to Clay Thompson. I know he's been out all of last year. I mean, if he if he's healthy and Steph's healthy and they just picked number two, James Wiseman, the big center, it's going to be very, very fun to watch. I mean, everyone knows the Splash Brothers and they'll have Draymond, they have Andrew Wiggins. Hopefully Andrew Wiggins will blossom into the player that everyone thought he was coming out of the draft. But prayers up to Clay Thompson, hope he's good. Um, it looks like the Pistons has just picked up Trevor Ariza. So the Pistons picked up Trevor Ariza and the number 16 pick for a future first-round pick from the Rockets. For the Rockets. So the Pistons now have Trevor Ariza, and they picked with the number 16 pick in this year's draft. 
The Rockets get a future first. That's good. Gives, them fr gives the Rockets some freedom. Use their mid-level exception in free agency. The Rockets are purchasing the 2021 second round pick from the Lakers from the Pistons for $4.6 million. So yeah, there's a little more last second trade recap. Um, yeah, I mean, that's all I got for NBA free agency. So we'll see how the draft goes. We'll give you a little recap on the draft. I'm thinking next podcast. So yeah, that's all we got for tonight. Thank you for tuning in to our very first edition of the Turley Talk Sports Podcast. I'll be putting out new podcasts every Tuesday and Friday. And on the next edition, I'll be having some very special guests on the show. That's all we got for this episode. I'm your host, Jackson Turley, signing off. Make sure to subscribe and follow Turley Talks Sports on Instagram. We'll hope to see you tuned in next time. Thanks.